0: Protecting your assets for the next generation, you're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. Last week we talked with financial commentator and author Kelly Keane about financial literacy for seniors. We'll hear a bit more on that today. We'll also hear from Laura Buckingham, legal counsel to the Alberta Law Reform Institute, which has some thoughts on the need for legislation to help deal with property from common law relationships which dissolve. You'll be surprised to hear how many such relationships there are in this province. And we'll see what Sherry McMillan has to say about a topic that crosses her desk every time a client sits down to consult on what should be included in his or her life plan. We begin with Kelly Keane who warns against using your residential mortgage as a cash machine, especially at a time when interest rates are starting to rise.
1: That was actually a warning by Lucy Tedesco, the Commissioner of the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada, recently saying, stop using your home as an ATM. And the reason why they're so worried is that uh, the, the percentage of people with a home equity line of credit has increased like 40% since 2011 and the problem is is that a lot of people with these are making interest only payments. So the, the thing about a mortgage that's great for some people is it's a forced savings plan, right? You're paying principal and interest. And one day, if you don't keep upsizing, <laughs> you will be uh, debt free and you'll have this asset that hopefully has appreciated. But unfortunately, the banks have become a little bit creative in allowing us to have these uh, lines of credit attached. So as you pay down your mortgage, you're available, uh, um, you know, your line of credit availability Goes up, and a lot of people look at that and they can't resist that temptation to take a trip, to renovate the kitchen, to do all sorts of things um, that might be prudent and fine, but you still have to pay that back, and you still need to save for your retirement and maybe your child's education savings plan and all of that other type of stuff. So, uh, again. Um, Super complex. And if you're listening to this and you don't know what to do about it, um, you know, reach out, get help, get, talk to someone like a nonprofit credit counselor, a certified financial planner. Don't feel that you need to figure it all out yourself.
0: So on the one hand, we have seniors who may have one or more different uh, items of debt on the the books that they are going to have to address or that's going to be taken away from their estate Mm -hmm. after they pass. On the other hand, we have a younger demographic that can learn from the reality that seniors today are going through and can, if they choose, plan to have one or more options, whether it be... Being a little less consumer-oriented and and maybe doing without the boat or the new motor home or or the expensive vehicle or you know the big house or whatever it is, uh, living more within their means and and putting aside a little bit of money. It seems to me those are the two paths that have been identified out of this study. And I guess the question becomes whether or not uh, there is some role for government to play or some ideas that can be developed to help each of those groups.
1: Yeah, I mean certainly uh, Jane Rooney, the financial literacy leader of Canada, is working very hard. She has her na- her second national steering committee for financial literacy. I was on the first one, um, and and that that group is is working very hard at trying to figure out the balance of um, you know helping Canadians out without that that heavy hand, and, and how do you really reach them? And you're right, it is it is um, you know uh, young folks can can learn from scaling back wants and understanding needs versus wants. But I think some of the most effective things are developing the muscle very early on of saving and making it a forced habit. And uh, when I was in the financial industry, I witnessed that a lot of the wealthy clients I were talking to were, in fact, teachers were, in fact, had modest means that they just accumulated all this wealth because they did smart, simple things consistently started early. And I talked to a lot of young people and I, I didn't do it myself. I wish I did. I wish I would have saved but, um, you know, and they'll say, look, uh, there's so many expenses and they're trying to start families and they can't afford homes and all of that. But if you just put that twenty five dollars or that fifty dollars a month or whatever it was away, such a little amount, uh, you'd be shocked at what it adds up to. And and, you know, Einstein and his thought of of compound interest being the eighth wonder of the world. I you was know? just
0: thinking exactly that, that if a six year old can be taught something about compound interest, we may have solved the literacy challenge in this country.
1: Indeed, indeed, it's just getting us adults to pay attention to it on both sides. When you have that credit card that's twenty nine percent and you're only paying the minimum payment, uh, or not looking at it on the other side, this is where our brain trips us up. But when you get on some, you know, get online, crunch some numbers, it it engages the more rational part of your brain. That's like, wow, now you can't not pay attention to it.
0: From your observation point, do you see Canadians starting to come to grips with all of this?
1: Yes and no. I think there's still a lot of overwhelm. There's a lot of, well, if you're $200 away from not being able to pay your bills, we'll forget it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's no hope. And that's the wrong message is that there is hope, but there's just so much to think about. And I think it shows like yours where it's like, what one thing do I do today? Okay, just open up all your bills and look at the interest rates. Look at your financial life is very hard for Canadians to do. So it's like getting on that scale, Um some people don't want to do that, but that's the only way you're going to affect change. And then just choose one thing. It's that kind of whole, um, you know, building self confidence. It's building those muscles just one thing at a time. And before you know it, you're not out of breath anymore financially. And, and, and it's a lot easier to go for the, the 10 mile financial run. So um, the little steps do make a difference in just believing that, like with your health, with your wealth, it really does make a big difference.
0: Uh, have a little plan. And have a little discipline. It's Mm -hmm. amazing how far those two qualities could carry someone.
1: So true. So true, Peter.
0: Author and financial commentator, Kelly Keene. In addition to your financial health, you need to take care of your mind and body as well. Dr. Deborah Meal is a pastoral counselor and the author of Joyful Transformation, 22 Keys to Reclaiming Your Authenticity.
2: So what happens is, is that we, again, are a society that lots of times doesn't take a look at the, again, the reality of our body and our brain being a unit that we actually really need to take care of from an early age.
0: How much exercise weekly is ideal for someone over the age of, say, 70?
2: Well, I think that it's about consistency, and so um, we like to say that somewhere around three or four days a week is really a good target, and again, it doesn't have to be crazy exercise. It can be things like getting on a treadmill, um, as long as you have good balance and good stability because we don't want anybody to break a hip. Um, we want you to, you know, go dancing. Um and do some exercise like that that also actually helps stimulate the brain Uh, and so there's a variety taking a walk in the woods um again uh, all of those things help do your own gardening um again is another way that uh, again it doesn't have to be exercise at a gym a lot of older um, people don't want to go to the gym and so there's many ways to engage in exercise without having to do that
0: Uh, The one thing, I guess, about the age of 70 is that if you have started this pattern much earlier and growing into the pattern, it's a lot easier to keep it sustained even as you age.
2: It is, but I also say that it's never too late to start. And what happens is, is that we get dug in when we get older and we have some beliefs that don't necessarily help us. So if we can, again, be softer in our thinking and we can be more flexible in our thinking, then we can decide that sitting in front of the TV um, for hours and hours on days on end is not healthy. And if it's not healthy, then we can make a new choice.
0: How do you make it fun?
2: Well, I think that, again, uh, you develop friends and family. Um, I can tell you I'm, I'm 56 years old, and uh, one of the things that I did was um, I bought chutes and ladders for my grandkids. So when they come over, um, we play games. So it's getting back to those old basics. Um, you know, that um, we were a part of, that my my previous generation, my grandmother in the 30s and 40s, we did all of those things. So sometimes it's getting back to those core basics of having fun and enjoying that stuff. And that's the way that you start to make change. You invite your friends and your family, and you can do it that way.
0: That's all about reclaiming your authenticity.
2: It really is stepping into that divine flow Um, when the mind and the body and the spirit are united we are absolutely unstoppable
0: that's dr deborah meal coming up the growing challenge of how the law treats common law relationships you're listening to the strong room on 770
2: chqr